This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, there may be scriptures come up periodically that we have gone over before. You understand 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, now 2022 weeks of increase are one series called Mastering Money. And scriptures may come up again on occasion, but I think they're, I'm not repeating myself, I think they're coming up in new application. Tonight we're going to be dealing primarily with confession, but the title is God Wants to Bless You. Tell your neighbor on the one side, God wants to bless you. Tell the neighbor on the other side, God wants to bless you. Amen. I don't think it's coincidence that we started doing these week of increased messages on mastering money in 2018. That gave us two years to prepare for the COVID panic and fear fest. That gave us two years to prepare for the lockdown madness and all the subsequent disruptions to our society and economy. After just three years of these meetings in 2018, 2019, and 2020, we completely paid off Faith Christian Center in 2020 in the year of the corona. We held church as normal through the madness. We held school as normal through the madness. And we did not lose a single person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now, after four years, we also see that these meetings have prepared us for the present apostasy. And isn't it interesting that the present apostasy should revolve around money? You know, money, 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 money. Oh my gosh, and why money? Well, because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What we are seeing today is apostasy. These apostates boarded the Obama train years ago, and even though they might have been word of faith at some point in the past, they have come to see government as their God and their source. And because they see government as their God and their source, it naturally takes them to the perfect theology for this wicked and sinful generation, which is a do-nothing theology. They replaced their faith in God with faith in Obama and went along with abortion in order to board the Obama train. And once they boarded the train, they had no control over the direction of the train. And the train led them to approving of same-sex marriage. And the train led them to approving of transgender theology, ideology. And the train led them into the COVID cult. And the train led them into using their pulpits and churches to promote experimental drugs so they could get money from the government. And the train led them to close their churches for two full years for a virus which has an, a, a kill rate 
equivalent to the seasonal flu. And the train led them to wear masks for two whole years. So now the theology is do nothing. Do nothing. Do nothing. Just obey the government. Just don't follow God's instructions. Just follow Fauci and Burke's instructions. It's idolatry. Yeah, but how in the world did man survive 6,000 years on the planet without Fauci and Burks? It's idolatry. Austin posted the David Martin video. You ought to watch it. PhD from the University of Virginia, and he marches down indisputable proof of how it all came about because of patent dates. You cannot argue with patent dates. Who invented this? They came up with a cure. All of it. Then they unleashed it. But being a covenant man, I figured it didn't have a thing in the world to do with me. You know, what evil people are doing doesn't have a thing to do with me. Amen? And maybe people shouldn't get their theology from a preacher who closed his church for two whole years over a virus with an effective kill rate akin to seasonal flu. And somebody might say, well, it was more than that. Well, not if you back out the half that were killed in those five states from sending COVID people to nursing homes. What kind of evil monster sends sick people to nursing homes? Maybe people shouldn't get their theology from a, pe from a preacher who still wears a mask two years after the pandemic began. Maybe, pe I mean, you know, I mean, you know. <sighs> and now I'm reading about all the medical problems because of microplastic particles in people's lungs. I ain't got no microplastic particles in my lungs, amen, because I didn't wear some cheap, you know, three-cent mask made in China. Amen. Maybe sh people shouldn't get their theology from a, pe from a preacher who used his pulpit and his church facilities to promote and distribute experimental drugs so people could get, so the church could get money from the government. Maybe people shouldn't get their theology from a preacher who got COVID money from the government the same government they love, the same government which promotes all this godlessness in our society and our public schools. I'm telling you, it is as obvious as the nose on your face what is going on. It is idolatry, it is apostasy, and it is the love of money. My primary mentor in the gospel, Lester Summerall, was right. If you don't handle your money right, your heart's not right. This is exactly what John Osteen used to teach. That's why it's so critical. Because we handle money every day. We need money every day. Let me tell you what. You see where all this has led? Now it takes $150 to fill up a pickup truck with gasoline. My friends, either money will master you or you will master money. In these days of recession, in these days of hyperinflation, and in these days of apostasy, it is more important than ever for God's people to be right with their money. Because Jesus said, Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
I learned from my primary mentor in the gospel, Dr. Lester Summerall, that in order to get a man's heart in the church, that man had to get his money in the church. Now, I hope we at Faith Christian Center can see the truth now and go on. I mean, we, we're not going to stop and look at the buzzards. You know, I, I looked out my office window a couple of weeks back, and I thought, what in the world are my eyes looking at? It was this huge turkey buzzard vulture. And I thought, what am I looking at? And he was having dinner, and I thought, okay, I get it. That doesn't mean I stood there and watched it. In other words, I see what's going on, but I don't have to dwell there. I can go on. Tell your neighbor, we can go on. God's system of sowing and reaping was literally designed to cost the believer nothing. God's plan for Christian economics was literally designed to cost the believer nothing. God's plan for world evangelism was literally designed to cost the believer nothing. God's plan to establish his covenant on the earth was literally designed to cost the believer nothing. In our 2006 month of money, we taught it this way, make the money, tie the money, save and invest the money, and then sow the money. And when you're all done doing that, go back, start over, and make more money. So we're continuing this series, Mastering Money, so that you can come up out of debt, so that you can become well off, so that you can break the spirit of poverty over your life and begin to believe God for bigger and better things. And instead of allowing money to master you, you can learn how to master money by tying on to what is closest to the heart of God. That's God's work, God's mission, and God's house. The reason so many Christians are mastered by money instead of mastering money is they never saw themselves as engines in the work of God. They never saw themselves as paymasters for God's work, God's mission, and God's house. On both February 3rd and February 4th of 2015, the, war, the Lord warned me about time. He warned me there wasn't much time. At first, I took that to mean that I didn't have much time, but as I meditated on the matter and prayed about it, it was obvious to me that he was saying that we don't have much time. And when we crossed over into 2016, the Holy Spirit said to me, you, plural, meaning us, think you're walking in covenant with God, but you're living it like aliens and strangers, gleaning at the edges of God's fields. On Thursday morning, November 12, 2020, the Spirit of God whispered to me, it won't be long now. Then on Sunday morning, July 18, last year, when I stood in the pulpit, the Spirit of God whispered to me, there won't be many more of these. See, exactly at the moment in time, we ought to double down on the Word of God, exactly at the time where we ought to double down on our commitment to God, exactly at the time where we ought to be more committed to God than ever. We have all these snipe hunts going on all around us. And I know that we think Incompetent people are in charge in Washington. But what can we expect from our political leadership when our spiritual leadership is so abysmal? I've spent my entire life studying God's word, but since these meetings about these warnings about time, seems like my understanding of God's word has become crystal clear. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am also known. In recent days, I don't feel like I'm looking through the glass darkly anymore. It seems everything has become clear to me since I received these warnings about time in 2015, 2016, 2020, and 2021. And I challenge you to go to the app. It's all there. Thank God for the technology. Thank God for the technology. 
and review my 2009 message at Crenshaw Christian Center, The Money Secret of the New Testament. I'd encourage you to go back and review the 2018 Palm Sunday and Easter messages on the first principle of prosperity. I'd challenge you to go back and review my 2018 Father's Day Guys Night Out message, Magnificent Obsession. And I would challenge you to go back and review these Mastering Money messages from 2018 forward. That's what I just did this week. I watched them all. This week we continue what I began in August of 2018, continued in August of 2019, August of 2020, and August of 2021, Mastering Money. Pastor, how long are you going to be on this? Well, till I run out of ammo which will probably be the August before the rapture. <laughs> this week of increase, Mastering Money 2022, I believe is going to be the week to change your life forever financially. Yeah. Let's go back to Isaiah 55, and let's deal with uh, confession. Let's, let's, just zero, let's just zero in on confession on this area of success and prosperity. Isaiah 55, 7, let the wicked forsake us, Way and the evil man is thoughts. Everybody shout thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word, so is my word, so is my word that goes out from my mouth that will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Tell your neighbor, we're talking about the word of God. Yeah, we're talking about the word of God. And God's ways are not our ways and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. So of course... God's system might not make perfect sense to you because, frankly, your IQ and my IQ is not really competent to get it. We just have to go by faith. Amen. Somebody might say, well, yeah, there's risk in that. Well, what about the risk of going by man's words? I read just yesterday, just rest yesterday, Dr. Joseph Mercola sent out an article uh, Famous man had a wedding, and because of where the wedding was, everybody had to be vaccinated to attend that particular gathering in that particular state. 200 wedding guests. This was two years ago. Now, this was last year. 200 wedding guests, and out of 200 wedding guests, as of two days ago, 33 are dead. I, I, it doesn't seem like I'm running that kind of risk believing God. That's a pretty good risk, believing man. Yeah, but pastor, you know, you could, you could end up in heaven. I win. <laughs> this is the arrogance of man, to tinker with our DNA, to tinker with our immune systems. This is the arrogance of man. Man, you know, it almost sounds Hitler-esque. Man playing God. And how about this? Did you know the United States is the only country in the entire world vaccinating toddlers? 
who have statistically, in effect, a zero risk of death. It's human experimentation. I read just this week that in those document dumps, the reason they didn't complete the animal trials was there were too many animals dying. Thank God for PETA. We don't want to abuse any animals. Let's try it out on people. I, I, I just submit to you, brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a whole lot easier, less risk to believe God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Say it out loud. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But I want you to also notice it's all about this word coming out of his mouth. God's word doesn't do anything until it comes out of his mouth, and neither does yours. Your word does not do anything in your life until it comes out of your mouth. And that's why they have an agenda to shut you up, man. Shut up, shut up. Don't talk about, you know, uh, Adam. Don't talk about Eve. Don't talk about uh, masculinity. Don't talk about the family. Don't talk about marriage. Don't talk about self-sufficiency. Don't talk. They want you to shut up. Why? Because words have power. Why do you think they redefined recession this week? Because words have power. You know why they redefined session this week? Because in, as far as my memory goes, and my memory could be faulty, I don't think there's ever been an administration in my lifetime dumb enough to raise taxes in the middle of a recession. But they knew they were going to raise taxes, so they had to redefine recession. My point is, it's all a lie. This is the truth. This is the truth. Every word from the mouth of the Father is true. Like David said, thy word is true, O Lord my God. Look at verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it, King James. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall, <coughs> it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. It shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. So God's promises are sent for a reason. God's promises are like seeds, and, and God wants them to produce a harvest in your life. When salvation is preached, people get saved. When the baptism in the Holy Spirit is preached, people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. When healing scriptures are preached, people get healed. When success scriptures are preached, people become successful. <coughs> and when prosperity scriptures are preached, people begin to prosper. God's promises are sent for a reason, and God's words are like seeds, and God wants them to produce a harvest in your life. But if you reject the seed, how are you going to get a harvest? If you go by what man says, how are you going to get a harvest? <clears throat> I 
I'm debating how far to digress. It's a trap. Austin pointed out at 11 o'clock, you know, uh, they have a tax holiday on gasoline. I think it was in the state of California the same week they raised the tax on gasoline in California. See, in other words, they say the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Well, you know who giveth and who taketh away? The government. The last president filled our petroleum reserves when oil was cheap. Now this guy is selling our, emptying our petroleum reserves. Then we find out two weeks ago <clears throat> we're selling petroleum to China. People vote for <coughs> liberal stuff to help the poor. How does gasoline at $4.19 a gallon help the poor? So my point is, it's really sad, it's really sad, but these people boarded this woke train. They got into idolatry because of color, and they're, they've led their congregations into the ditch and actually made them slaves and put them on a plantation. And what I'm teaching is not based in nationality or language or color or race. It is the word of God sent like an arrow. Sent God's word is like a polished arrow sent, and it has a mission. Amen. Healing scriptures have a healing mission. Prosperity scriptures have a prosperity mission. Success scriptures have a success mission. Salvation scriptures have a salvation mission. It is God's word. And God is no respecter of persons, and the word will work for anybody. But do you see the diabolical nature of this because it actually goes hand in glove with the political ideology going on in this country right now, and that is you don't have to do a thing. You can hide in your mommy's basement. Wear a mask when you're all by yourself and your COVID money will come and you don't have to do a thing but follow these instructions. It's idolatry. It's idolatry and it has led I don't know how many into the ditch. But I'm happy to stand with my father and to stand with his word and to not apologize and to declare to you good people that our father God is wonderful and our father God is a truth-telling God and not one word that has come from him is faulty or erroneous or has lost its effect or its impact or its power. He's a truth-telling God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Believing man is a fool's errand. Amen? And uh, we're not to put our faith in people. We're to put our faith in the living God. Now, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So we're allowed to do that. You find somebody who's competent. You find somebody who knows what they're doing. 
You're allowed to follow them as they follow Christ. But when they veer off the word of God, then you ought to veer off of them. So we need to get God's word built in our hearts until we're fully persuaded. That's what tonight tomorrow night are all about. We need to get fully persuaded so nobody can pull you off course. You've got to be fully persuaded. Tell your neighbor, you've got to be fully persuaded. And maybe that's why God has blessed Gene and Sue the way he has. Maybe we just dwelled on the word of God enough and ignored people enough and ignored the world enough until we got fully persuaded that what God's word had to say about Gene and Sue is true. Remember, God's word does not do anything until it comes out of his mouth. See, God can think the thought, but there's no power there. It's got to come out of his mouth, and God's word won't do anything in your life until it comes out of your mouth. You got to get the word of God in your heart and in your mouth. Someone might object and say, Pastor Gene, I don't have any money to master. Pastor, you're talking about mastering money, and I don't have any money to master. Well, that's what we're doing here tonight, and Monday night, and Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, and Thursday night, and Friday night. I'm trying to get you some money to master. Tell your neighbor, I got to give me some money to master. Tell the neighbor on the other side, I'm going to give me some money to master. Amen. But you must be fully persuaded that God wants you to live a life of abundance. Jesus said, John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I've come that they might have life and have that life more abundantly. By the way, I'm going to just stop right here and commend you. My God, it is a, a, an evening service, and the place is nearly full, and that's not counting the hundreds of children in the building. Tell your neighbor, salute. salute. Tell the neighbor on the other side, good job. Good job. Amen. Amen. Now you hang around enough, I'm going to make a millionaire out of you. Amen. And... and and you need it. People don't understand the damage uh, hyperinflation does. I looked it up. I don't remember the exact number, and I don't remember the, what they call their currency. But in, in Venezuela, whatever their currency is, it takes two million of them to buy a loaf of bread. During the Weimar Republic, people don't read. They don't know their history. That's what led into World War II because people had to take a wheelbarrow to the bakery to buy bread to carry their money, not to bring the bread home, but to carry the money, the, the Deutschmarks, the, to carry the money to buy the bread because of the hyperinflation. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're, we have to learn how to walk by faith right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. My, my family is going to eat. My children are going to be clothed. We're going to have a roof over our heads. Doesn't matter what the devil does. We're walking in the blessing of the Lord because we look to the Father God as our source and not man. Amen. I don't care what level you're at this evening, you can come up to a higher level of blessing. Sue and I started with $400 her grandpa gave us at our wedding together. In 1977, our first year of marriage, we earned just $10,492, both of us together, but we were tithers. And we loved the Lord, and we loved his word, and we renewed our minds to God's word. And so we broke that spirit of lack off of our lives 
and you can do the exact same thing. I want to encourage you. God wants you blessed. Shout it out loud. God wants me blessed. blessed. Shout it out loud. The devil wants me cursed. Shout it out loud. God votes for me. Shout it out loud. The devil votes against me. Shout it out loud. And I cast the deciding vote. Amen. But you're not going to come into the fullness of this until you learn for yourself where these scriptures are, what they mean, what they mean to you, and how they apply to your life. And you've got to meditate on the Word of God and speak the Word of God and make the Word of God yours. What did God say to Joshua? Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the law depart from your, from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Isaiah 55, 11, so is my word that goes out from my mouth that will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So let me ask you, is there any word of God coming out of your mouth? I said, is there any word of God coming out of your mouth? You need to have the word of God in your heart and you need to have the word of God in your mouth. You got to get a Bible and you've got to find these scriptures for yourself. And you've got to mark and underline these scriptures and go to God and say, Father, this is what your word says about money. And say, devil, this is what God has promised me and I'm putting you on notice because it is not God that is keeping things from me. It is the devil. God's people are being destroyed because they have not renewed their minds to what the word of God says about their lives. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. You can't afford it. None of us can afford it. None of us can afford it. God gave us a plan to prosper and to succeed. Now, why would God give us a plan to prosper and succeed if it weren't the will of God for us to prosper and to succeed? Joshua 1.8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. (coughs) This generation meditates on the wrong things. People are famous, and I can't figure out why they're famous. People are focused on the wrong thing. King James Version, this book of the law, the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Thou shalt meditate on the word of God day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, all that is written in the word of God. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. Tell your neighbor, you got to make your own way prosperous. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you got to make your own way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Now, isn't it interesting that these former believers who have gone apostate identify entire swaths of the Bible that they say no longer apply to us? But Jesus, my Lord, said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Say it out loud, every word. word. 
So when you go along with this new thing and you take entire sections of the Bible and throw them in the commode, you threw your promises in the commode. You, you threw your covenant rights in the commode. And this is just one example. You know, many years ago, I asked the Lord, I said, how in the world did you do this in my life? Because I didn't get revelation on Romans 12, 2 until later in life. And he spoke right up and he said, yeah, but he said, you got revelation on Joshua 1, 8 early. <clears throat> and he told me, Joshua 1, 8 is the Old Testament version of Romans 12, 2. That's tea, by the way. I'm not Johnny Carson. This is not whiskey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Although I think, you know, whiskey might help a little bit. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about the alcohol content. But that's got honey. That's Pastor Sue's tea with honey. Amen. Soothing. Amen. God gave us power to get wealth. Shout out loud. God gave me power. To get, wealth. to get wealth. Now, why would God give, give us the power to get wealth if it weren't the will of God for us to get wealth? Deuteronomy 8.18, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms your covenant which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. The King James says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore unto thy fathers as it is today <clears throat> so the word of God actually says that it is the will of God for us to get wealth then I'm, I'm marching down through these so you can see the will of God for your life then we find out the word of God actually says that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant so why would we be embarrassed about walking in the pleasure of God Psalm 35 27 let them shout for joy and be sad why are these apostasy preachers angry all the time? Why are they looking sad all the time? Now he says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Amen? Amen. That favor my righteous cause, yea, let them say continually. How often? Amen. Pastor, how long do I have to make these confessions as long as you want them to work? <laughs> I said you got to make the confessions as long as you want the confessions to work. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, <coughs> which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And that word prosperity is the Hebrew word shalom, which means total well-being. God takes pleasure <coughs> in our total well-being. God takes pleasure in our prosperity. How many of you have children? Let me see your hand if you have children. Would you take pleasure in them being homeless? Would you take pleasure in them uh, living on welfare? <coughs> Would you take pleasure on them being on uh, food stamps? <coughs> God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, you've got to find these scriptures, and you've got to get them into your heart, and you've got to build them into your heart, and you've got to get them coming out of your mouth and establish them in your heart so you cannot be talked out of them. 
And then back to Isaiah 55, 11, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So let me ask you, is there any word of God coming out of your mouth? You need to have the word of God in your heart, and you got to have the word of God in your mouth. Joshua, God said to Joshua, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Isaiah 55, 11, so is my word that goes out from my mouth that shall not return to me empty, but will, shall accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So God has a purpose for every promise, and God has a purpose for every revelation in the Bible. In Psalm 102, 7, it says, God sent his word and healed them. God sent his word and healed them. God sent salvation scriptures so that people could have faith to be saved. And God sent healing scriptures so that people could have faith to be healed. And God sent financial prosperity scriptures and revelations so that people might prosper financially. But you got to get the promises of God in your heart. Then you got to get them coming out of your mouth. Now you cannot do this among the lost. You probably can't do this at Thanksgiving. But get around your own tribe. And boast on the Lord. Don't boast on the last president. Don't boast on this president. Boast on the Lord. Brag on the Lord. Hallelujah. Tell one another what the Lord has done in your life. Give a good report to your brothers and sisters in the same tribe. Hallelujah. Well, pastor, the people I hang around with, I really can't talk faith with. Well, you answered your own problem. If you're hanging around with people and you can't talk faith with them, you're hanging around the wrong people. In fact, God said, if you're willing and obedient, he'll make you rich. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20, if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat from the best of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to resist and rebel. Not when it takes $150 to fill up a pickup truck. Isaiah 119 in the Living Bible, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, I will make you rich. Now listen. At the heart of the issue is this. This whole do-nothing theology. At the heart of the issue is these exact same people. Now listen to what I'm saying. These exact same people that say you don't have to do anything to please God. You don't have to do anything to comply with the rules and the regulations that God laid out for moral conduct. These are the exact same people who complied with everything that Fauci and Burke said. And this generation is going to be judged harshly. Now we comply. <laughs> you know, I, it's hard to believe. You know, I know it's hard to believe I'm this old, but I, I was alive and driving before there were seatbelt laws. And so when the seatbelt laws came along, you know, I just resisted that until finally the Holy Spirit dealt with me about it. And so how many things do we go along with and comply with whether we agree or not, for the sake of conscience, and then, you know, we wise up, we get smarter, amen. Yeah. 
and we realize, well, that's probably a good thing to do. But how many things do we comply with? But somehow when it comes to the Bible, somehow when it comes to God, somehow when it comes to the Word of God, it's a great big hassle to comply. Don't you know for those churches to offer COVID shots on their church campuses, don't you know there was paperwork to fill out? Don't you know to get government money for that, there was paperwork to fill out? In other words, they complied. When you sign up for welfare, you comply. When you sign up for Section 8 housing, you comply. When you sign up for food stamps, you comply. Are you hearing me? They have no problem with complying with that God. But all of a sudden, when it comes to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who is not bankrupt, they have a problem complying. And really, what is wrong with these people? Some bad stuff is going to be coming out. Because how in the world... Can it be a great big hassle and pain to comply with the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I mean, my goodness. Any five or six-year-old up in children's church knows this is not hard stuff. He didn't tell you you had to climb Mount Everest to be saved. He didn't tell you you had to swim the English Channel to be saved. He laid down some guidance so that it would help us walk in love. Amen. We find out over in the New Testament that all of this is encapsulated in two commands, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to commit adultery with your neighbor. You're not going to bear false witness against your neighbor. You're not going to murder your neighbor. Can you see that? So why is it the exact same people that have all this trouble and problem complying with God have no trouble and no problem complying with every idiot recommendation from government? Because they, the, they, they, they tell you who they're serving. They tell you who their God is if you just pay attention. The greatest black preacher of the 20th century sat in my office up there at I-30 and Fielder Road. What a, what, a, what a preacher. My God. I tried to do an offering for a friend of his, and that's how we became friends. Uh, a friend of his had me do an offering for him down at the Tarrant County Convention Center, and I stood up, and I did my best, and I gave him a lot of money myself, and man, it led nowhere. And I sat down, and E.V. Hill slapped my knee, and he, he laughed and laughed and laughed, and he said, Brother, you tried. <laughs> I didn't mean to mention his name, but before... The evening was over. He said he told me about George W. Bush's faith-based initiative, and, and you ought to get you some of that money. And I was very polite. Love you, brother. We'll write to you Tuesday and send the money. 
but we didn't apply for that. We're, we haven't applied for any government money. We're not going to apply for any government money. We don't want any government money. And I don't care if it's a Republican president or a Democrat president or the Antichrist himself. I'm not going to apply for any money. Yeah. Amen. 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 See, that's why we're teaching you, the good people, the Word of God, because we're just simple enough to believe if we'll just do things God's way, it'll all get taken care of. It may not all get taken care of by Monday, but it'll all get taken care of within a, a short, or, or short period of time. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Say it out loud. God's plan works. God's plan. Say it this way. God's word works. God's word. Amen. 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 Isaiah 119, Living Bible, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. See, and people have problem with that word obey. That's how I got off on the side journey. They obey the government every day of every week of every month of every year. So you've got to renew your mind to what the Word of God says in these areas of success and money. Joshua 1.8 is the Old Testament version of this principle. Romans 12.2 is the New Testament version. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what we did, and what you need to do is to rehearse the word, to, we rehearse the word to ourselves, and we rehearse the word to ourselves, and we rehearse the word to ourselves until it became a part of us, until our natural minds became renewed to what God had to say about our lives, until our speech lined up with God's speech. But until you learn the basics of what God says about your life and about success and prosperity, you're not going to advance at all. Leviticus 27.30 says the tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So who owns the first tenth of our income? The Lord. The tithe is the Lord's. And the tithe is holy. Proverbs 3.9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then, then, then your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. See, everybody wants the barns that are filled to overflowing and the vats that brim over with new wine. But how many are willing to honor the Lord with their wealth, with the first fruits of all their crops? Listen, is there anything in any of the 66 books that would lead you to believe that it's okay to spend everything on yourself? The King James says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. The living, says, uh, the living Bible says, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. Everything you have belongs to God. So you're not an owner, you're just a steward. David put it this way, 1 Chronicles 29, 14 when he gave the billions of dollars to the building project to build the temple of God, he prayed, everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. In one of the week of, week of uh, increased messages, I watched them all in the last 10 days. I said I was out praying one day and I somehow, some, for some reason, my attention was drawn to a tree and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, son, you do realize, right, whether it is by the rapture or whether it is by death, that tree will be here when you're gone. We think we own stuff. We think we own the lot. We think we own the house. We think we own this. We think we own that. We are but stewards. 
Even the car you drove up in tonight, it may be in Guatemala after you're dead, but somewhere it's going to be somewhere. <laughs> Amen. I said it's going to be somewhere. If it's electric, they dare not take it apart. It'll be in a graveyard with 30 million other electric cars. God has a plan to fund his work. Shout out loud, God has a plan. God has a plan. Say, shout out loud, God has a plan to prosper me. You know, God just doesn't get any credit. They'd have you believe we're running out of oil. We're not running out of oil. They just A few years ago, they just discovered a whole brand new ocean out there in West Texas. We're not running out of oil. They'd have you think we're running out of fresh water. We're not running out of fresh water. Our God would have been incompetent to leave man on this planet without sufficient resources for a man to live here until the consummation of the ages. And God would be incompetent to not have a way to fund his gospel. And how many of you can understand God is able to make all grace abound to us at all times, having all that we need, so we abound in every good work so that at the end of the day it doesn't cost us a thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 1.11, Austin loves to point that out. God says through Moses that God wants to multiply you a thousand times. You know, when Austin started using that verse, I, I thought to myself, I didn't say anything to him. I'm very reluctant to say anything in correction anymore. I thought, you know, brother, that's out there. You know, people might get offended at that. And I'm sitting over there during one of his messages, and the Lord said, why don't you go home and look it up? And so I went home and I looked it up. And then I looked up what the Lord had done for us. And since this beautiful gal over here and I got married 46 years ago today, the Lord my God has multiplied us 10,555 times. And we have given personally into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ $7.8 million. Amen. Tell your neighbor, he doesn't look like he's suffering. Tell the neighbor on the other side, he doesn't look like he's suffering. I'm trying to talk you into it. I'm trying to give you eyes to see what God can do. Now, that doesn't, won't happen by Tuesday. See, we want, man, we want that microwave two minutes, man. We want it. We want it right now. No, we're going to deal with this probably tomorrow night. Won't get to it tonight. Stages. God deals with us in stages. God deals with us in levels. Because God's people have rejected his plan, his own people, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, consistently get inferior results to the natural descendants of Abraham. Tell your neighbor, he's going to get real now. We know that we have a superior covenant than Abraham's people did. Hebrews 7.22, because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Shout it out loud, we have a better covenant. And you know, we not only have a better covenant, we have better promises. Hebrews 8, verse 6, but the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is a mediator is superior to the old one, and it is founded on better promises. Shout it out loud, we have better promises. Yeah. 
So we have a superior high priest and we have a superior covenant and we have superior promises. And remember what Paul wrote in Galatians 3, 14, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So how could we have a superior covenant with a superior high priest and superior promises and yet the body of Christ consistently experience inferior results and there's only one possible answer the body of Christ has not been working the plan the body of Christ has not been working the covenant the George Barna survey indicates out of all the churchgoers in the United States of America only three percent even claim to tithe and for evangelicals that number is only eight percent and this tells me all I need to know about why God's people are defeated so it's no wonder then that the Christians are the tail and not the head. It's no wonder so many Christians are sick and broken, defeated, and in debt. You see, everyone wants the blessing, but how many are willing to go through the covenant to get the blessing? Hear me now, everybody wants the blessing, but how many are willing to go through the covenant to get the blessing? The, while I'm talking, the Lord's talking to me. He said everybody wants sex, but how many are willing to go through the covenant to get it? You know, as long as I held that in my hand, I didn't cough. <laughs> so I'm going to venture setting it down and see what happens. Full gospel churches all over America are singing the blessings of Abraham are mine, but there's not a church anywhere in America singing the tithing system of Abraham is mine. <laughs> but as the wet goes with the water, you can't have the one without the other. They are in effect they are co-joined, they go hand in hand. They are the same, they are two sides of the same coin. So when you spend the first tenth of your income, you're spending someone else's money, you're spending holy money. I said when you spend the first tenth of your income, you're spending someone else's money, and you're spending holy money. I brought some statistics. I don't want to get too deep into this. From These are actually from before COVID. Americans spend more money on pet Halloween costumes than they spend on reaching the lost. Pet Halloween costumes. You know, when I was a boy, all we needed to do a costume, we would uh, we'd go down to the store and we'd buy a cork, like a wine cork, and we would strike a match, and we'd burn the end of the cork, and we'd put that on our faces, and we were hobos. Imagine buying a costume for your pet. Now, if you're here tonight and you buy a costume for your pet, it's okay if you're a tither. <laughs> Americans spend as much on pet food every 52 days as they give annually into foreign missions. Leviticus 27:30 says a tithe of everything from the land which whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord, it is holy to the Lord. Now, people don't want to admit this and will, will never acknowledge that Jesus put his approval on tithing in the New Testament. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus confirmed the practice of tithing in the New Covenant. This was in my notes before all this apostasy came up in the last 30 days before I wrote this morning's message. Matthew 23, 23, 
Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. They were so careful about tithing, they tithe the spices out of their gardens. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter, justice, mercy, and faithfulness without neglecting the former, which is tithing. Jesus said you ought to tithe, but not leave the other undone. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And that's true because we have met people who tithe religiously, but they have neglected justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So don't cheat people and don't lie to people. You can make a living, you can make a profit, but don't lie to people, don't cheat people, don't take advantage of people. Be very careful about widows. Be very careful about orphans. And the end result was their religion did them no good at all. Jesus was right. We ought to tithe, but not leave the other weightier matters of the law undone, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And Jesus also said in Mark 10, 29, I tell you the truth, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. My God, my God, my God, what is wrong with these preachers? Complaining about what the Bible has to say about money when the Lord Jesus Christ himself promised us a hundredfold return in this life. Shout it out loud, in this life. Bro homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. And it was Jesus who said, Luke 6, 38, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And it was Jesus who said in Matthew 6, 19, <clears throat> Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroyed, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven, treasures in heaven, treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now you've got to see from the word of God that God wants you to live a life of abundance. And I'm not going to back off it. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it. <coughs> God wants you to live a life of abundance. Now, tomorrow night we'll continue in this vein and we're going to talk about levels and stages because God will bless you. And then God will see what you do with that. And then God will bless you. Listen, listen. You're looking at a man, we were 33 years old before we started to save money in earnest. Until, before age 33, all we did was the maximum allowable IRA contribution. That was it. What, we were 30 year, 33 years old before we started saving money in earnest. You're looking at a man that didn't even own a new car until he was 35 years old. So don't be telling me you're too old. Don't be telling me you're too old to start. You're not too old to start. Hallelujah. We had it out. Hallelujah. 1993, we heard Kenneth Hagin do that series. 
You know, we had already ventured out there in the waters of faith, giving that first gift above and beyond the tithe in 1977. But in 1993, our lives changed forever. We heard Kenneth Hagin, February of 1993, teaching on days of heaven upon the earth. And man, it just struck us. It just got my attention. It just rang true in my heart. And we gave the man of God $2,500 that night. Then later that year, the Lord spoke to me to give my first Harley Davidson in the fall challenge offering. That was October of 1993. Harley Davidson back then was worth about $15,000. I sold it, brought a check for $15,000, put it in the offering. My first Harley, my first Harley took months and months and months to save up for it because no self-respecting word of faith minister can have debt on a Harley Davidson. I gave it. And we were on our way. I said we were on our way. Then when the Lord spoke to me in 97 to put the roof on the church for missionary Bud Sickler, $600,000, which would be about the equivalent in 2022 of $2.2, $2.3 million, I was ready. I was ready. See, if the Lord had spoke to me in 1993 about $600,000, I would have balked. That's a baseball term. I, I would have stumbled. So he leads us, he guides us, he's wonderful, he's faithful. He wants to lead you into the still, beside the still waters. He wants to lead you into the green pastures. He wants to bless your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Supernatural stuff. I didn't come prepared with the numbers. I think by the end of 2017, we had the debt on this building paid down from $12.1 million. I think it was down to $5.7 million. I thought I was doing a good job, but the Lord spoke to me in January of 2018. He said, I want you to quit fooling around and get all this paid off. I didn't think I was fooling around. I thought I was doing a good job. And then he, he challenged me. He challenged us to put a million dollars in the offering ourselves. And he said, he said, here's how you do it. He told us to write a check to Fred and Betty Price for $10,000. Didn't have anything to do with Faith Christian Center. Didn't have anything to do with Crenshaw Christian Center. We wrote the check, $10,000 personally from us to them personally, January 29, 2018. And he told me to believe him for a hundredfold return on it. And as the hundredfold return came in to turn around and put it in the challenge offering, he said, I'll show you how to do it. It won't cost you a dime. Apparently, I let go and wasn't doing a good job because the very next month, February of 2018, I'm walking on a road above some cabins on, on, in the woods overlooking a lake, and the, the Spirit of God life coached me in prayer. And he, he told me, he said, you're letting go of stuff. That's when I started carrying a list. He said, you're letting go of stuff. And he talked to me how, about how to pray over that $10,000 and how to water it every day. Somebody shout every day. How to water, how to water, how to water it every day. What happens? You know, we had a valve go out <clears throat> on a zone, <clears throat> affected that zone and the next zone. <clears throat> then the solenoid went out on that zone. It doesn't take that many days in August in Texas for it to brown out. That's what you've been allowing to happen to your seed. That's what you've been doing to your seed every day. He told me every day, confess a hundredfold over that seed every day. He said, don't let go of it. Carry a list. I carry a list now. I don't let go of anything. Hundredfold. Well, that's extreme. Well, he shouldn't have said it. On another occasion, he said 30, 60, 100-fold. I just read 100-fold, so I'm going with 100-fold. I figured the 30-fold was when I was in my 30s. 
Hallelujah. I'm not 100 yet, but I'm at, I'm at the 100-fold level. Glory to God. Because he told me January of 2018, he said, I'll tell you how to do it. And it won't cost you a thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. February of 2020, we're in Miami. And I'll, there's a place there I like to stay because of the beach road. And it's a great place to pray. I'm out there praying. And I'm rehearsing because I'm not letting go. I got my list and I'm rehearsing. A hundredfold return on the $10,000 we gave Fred and Betty Price. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, when you get back to the room, look that up. I get back to the room, I look it up. And I saw that the month before, January of 2020, we had crossed a hundredfold return. And that $1 came from Faith Christian Center. And that $1 came from anybody at Faith Christian Center. Within 24 months, God had given me a hundredfold return on $10,000. I was able to take a $10,000 gift, sow it into the kingdom of God according to the principles that I'm teaching you good folks here at Faith Christian Center and turn around. It won't work if you let go of it. It won't work if you don't water that seed. You got to water that seed. You got to confess the word of God over that seed. You got to water that seed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm debating whether to tell it. Since he spoke to me in January of 2018 and told me how to do that since that day. In January 2018, since he told me how to do that, Sue and I have given $4.1 million into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord. Tell your neighbor, I don't think we can talk him out of this. I don't think we can talk him out of this. Now, am I saying you can do that in two years? I'm saying you can start. And stage by stage and level by level, look, we're always telling these stories. J.C. Penney, Sir John Templeton, R.G. Letourneau. Austin just came up with one I never heard about. Colgate, the toothpaste guy, he was an orphan. He did the exact same thing. Started out tithing, and then by the end of his life, he was giving nearly all of it into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Any of us can do it. Amen. I said any of us can do it. Amen. I said any of us can do it. And some of you have an advantage I don't have. You got your own shares in your own company. You got something that you can raise money on. I don't. I'm just a minister. Hallelujah. But I can think. That's a great advantage. Amen. Amen. And I can save money and I can invest money and I know how to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you got to start. And whatever you do, put it on your calendar. Do not miss the Holy Week Revival 2023 if we are still here because it'll be 50 years of me preaching the gospel and I'm going to tell everything I've been reluctant to teach or preach on in 50 years. I'm going to pack it all in six days so that the offense just hits all at once. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to explain why these preachers are wrecked and why their children are wrecked. Basic principles, I'm going to deal with one principle a night in the Holy Week Revival. And you men, don't you miss the fall power lunch on man with a plan. 
because I'm gonna use some of these illustrations, but bring it down and talk about how you can have a plan for your family. See, God, what is, what is being attacked in 2022? What is being attacked? Manhood, fatherhood, motherhood, family, and the word of God. You know what is important by what is being attacked. And so God wants you to prosper, not for the sake of somebody else's family. God wants you to prosper for the sake of your family. Are you hearing me? And God wants you to prosper for the sake of the gospel. And God wants you to prosper. God loves you. God loves you. Look, you understand I'm putting myself at risk here telling these stories. I, I could tell your story. I know some of your business. But you know, you probably wouldn't forgive me if I told your business. <laughs> so, so what choice do I have but to so, tell some of my business? Do you understand? Third John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. I want you to live long on the earth. I want you to live without any disease in your body all the days of your life. I want all of your needs met. I want you to, I want you to have enough money. I know this is not politically correct. I want you to have enough money where you can live in a safe neighborhood. I want you to be able to drive what you want to drive. I want you to be able to live where you want to live. Amen. I want you to be able to vacation where you want to vacation. I want you to be able to travel the way you want to travel. Hallelujah. I want this congregation to be the most blessed congregation in the Metroplex. I want this congregation to be the most blessed congregation in the state of Texas. And I really want this congregation to be the most blessed congregation in the United States of America. Hallelujah. Shout it out loud. The healthiest and the wealthiest. That's where we're going. The healthiest and the wealthiest. Hallelujah. And I say without apology, if you take this word from my Father God and you build it into your heart and you build it into your confession, the Lord will make every word of his word every word like a polished arrow that he has sent into your heart and in your life, he will make it all come to pass because he will not fail you. He will not let you down. His word will not fail you. His word will not let you down and it shall all come to pass in your life. Now again, you got to prove yourself faithful before you go to the second grade. Got to pass the first grade. Then you got to pass the second grade. Go to the third grade. It's level by level, step by step, but you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can come up. You can come up. Tell your neighbor you can do it. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you can come up. 